about helping people understand their purpose and unlock the meaning in their lives through business. This podcast is all about tuning in with fellow entrepreneurs and understanding how they have discovered their purpose, but more importantly, how they live out their purpose every day. Welcome everyone. We are here talking to Paula Quincy, a life coach and a relationship coach. And I am very excited to have someone speaking to us all the way from Joburg, and Paula, please would you introduce yourself the way that you like to be introduced? Thanks, Christine. Uh, great to be here and chatting to you. Um, yeah, I, I am a life coach and a relationship coach, and I work with people in their personal capacity as well as with organizations around people development. So things like relationship dynamics, conflict management, um, behavior change, behavior profiling, communication skills, and around creating healthy relationships, both personally and professionally. Wow, that's really a mouthful. But I think all of those things are so important. I don't think we often realize how many relationships we have in our lives. And if any of those relationships are damaged, what the impact could be on any other relationships as well as on our businesses. Absolutely. You know, when we hear the word relationship, we automatically associated with romantic relationships. We don't okay. think about the other relationships in our lives. So for example, relationship with self, um, you know, how you think about yourself, how you treat yourself, how you speak towards yourself, your self-talk lays the foundation for how other people are going to interact and engage and relate with you and how you forge relationships with other people. So that's one example of relationship, but there's seven key relationships um, that play a, a role throughout our lifetime. And depending on what life stage we're in, those roles will shift and change in, in order of priority. So for example, relationship with self. Then there's relationship with your partner. There's relationship with your family, which is immediate and extended family. There's relationships in the workplace with your peers and your suppliers. There's relationship with your friends. There's a spiritual, your spiritual relationship, whatever that is, because for some people, spirituality means different things. It could be religion. It could be faith. It could be as simple as meditation. Um, so, yeah, and then the relationship with money. And, you know, people don't often think about, do I have a positive or a negative relationship with money? For example, a negative relationship would be, you know, someone who's living from month to month or living above their means. They are indebted, um, they're basically surviving. Whereas if you have a positive relationship with money, it's about how are you being responsible with your money? Are you paying all your debts? Are you covering your bills? Um, are you investing? Are you saving? Doesn't matter how small it is, but you know how small the investment of saving is. It's just, are you being responsible with your money versus the opposite of that? Mm, sure, that's actually really interesting. Because you've even gone over and above just relationships with people, right? So that's really interesting. Maybe if you can share with us what the main challenges, I guess, that you see entrepreneurs specifically face in terms of their relationship with themselves and then how that actually affects their relationship with money and the way that they interact with their clients as a result thereof. Yeah, so, you know, if you're... So being an entrepreneur is a lonely journey, let's be honest. Yeah, um, it is. It's lonely. <laughs> and every day you have to motivate yourself to get up and get going and do what needs to be done. 
and our support structures that we put in place play a critical role for us. So obviously our partners and our families are a support structure, but in the workplace, there's support structures as well in terms of our employees and our customers and our suppliers that support us. And then obviously money, because we need money to invest back into our business to be able to grow our business and sustain our business and even thrive in our business. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think sometimes our relationship with ourselves, the way that we see ourselves affects the way that we communicate with our clients. So if, we, if I have low self-worth, then the way that I'm going to be communicating with my clients or even my suppliers will be reflective of that, right? Absolutely. And this is where, you know, often in the corporate world, um, it's thrown about as self-awareness, emotional intelligence, personal mastery, etc but it's really about getting to know and understand yourself as an entrepreneur what are your strengths what are your development areas and how do you surround yourself with the right support structure to be able to grow and not only from a self point of view but from a business point of view as well and this is often where things like role models and mentors can play a critical role um, in terms of us managing our business um, us when we need a bit of a support uh, structure in place and or even making good financial decisions for our businesses. Mm, absolutely. That's really good. So maybe if you can explain to us in, you've touched on it already, but maybe like in one sentence, what would you say your purpose in doing this business is? So how would you say that you communicate your purpose to your employees or your collaborators as well as your customers? I think what's key for me personally is that we subscribe to the same value system and the same ethics and principles when it comes to business, sure. as well as sort of the purpose that we share. And for me, it's about making a positive impact and difference in people's lives and helping people to shift from where they are to where they want to get to. Um, and it could be that they're stuck on a personal level, for example, low self-esteem, low self-worth, low self-belief. Or it could be other things. Potentially, they don't know how to set goals for themselves and how to implement action plans to actually make those dreams and goals become a reality. And then from a people point of view, you know, things like managing conflict. We experience conflict in all different ways, in all areas of our lives. From a self point of view, when you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you are experiencing inner conflict or inner turmoil. And there's this ongoing war within yourself. You know, am I good enough? Am I this? Am I that? Those kind of things. And then externally, how you show up and how you co-create those relationships in the other areas of your life. So from a business point of view with your employees, for example, how are you showing up and how are you co-creating um, relationships with your employees? How are you leading them? How are you holding them accountable? Same with suppliers and same with customers um, because we give off energy. We are energy beings and we feed off each other's energy. And you can pick up very quickly when someone is not in a good space, both mentally and emotionally. Sure, that is very true. And I think especially during lockdown, it's been rough on employers having to try and manage the well-being of their employees to make sure they're still feeling encouraged and motivated and supported, even though they are working from home. How have you seen those relationships um, being impacted by remote work? I've heard everything from extreme opposite to the middle ground. So okay. from extreme opposite, <laughs> I've had some people saying to me that the manager has now resorted to micromanaging them because mm. the manager doesn't know how to lead or manage remotely. 
they are used to people being in the office and by being in the office, I'm, it means that I'm doing my work and we yeah. all know that that's true. Yeah. So it's learning to learning a different leadership and different management styles and how am I now measuring output um, versus hours at desks, mm. okay? Um, also, from a leadership point of view, it's having to develop a new leadership style, which is being referred to or which I call holistic leadership and empathetic leadership. And what that means is that I'm because I'm now communicating with my employees through Zoom or Teams or whatever plat digital platform it is, I'm stepping into my employees' personal space, into mm -hmm. their intimate space at home. And I'm being exposed to what their home life is all about. So, for example, if you're homeschooling children and your children come in because they want something to eat or drink or whatever and they interrupt your call or your meeting, that's life now. That's reality. Yeah. And so I'm having to manage the person as a whole, not just from a work hours perspective between nine and five, like I traditionally did before lockdown. Mm. And I have to show empathy and compassion and understanding as a leader because my employee might be having to homeschool their children in the morning and they're not going to be online and they're not going to be available for me. They're only going to be available after 10 o'clock, as an example. Yeah. So how do I show empathy and compassion in that this is a real human being and this human being has other roles and responsibilities in their home environment, which I have no control over as a leader or a manager? That's good. And I think it's so important for us to make that mind shift to go from looking at an employee just as a resource or as an asset to be used and get the most out of them and actually start looking at them as a human being, as you said, and understanding that work is just a part of their lives. It's not their entire lives. Absolutely. And helping them find a balance. So I've had someone who's given me feedback that since they've gone into lockdown, they've had very little exposure or interaction with their manager. And so they feel like they're lacking the guidance and the direction and the support that they need to help them get on and do the work that they need to do or that they're being expected to do. So I've heard extreme opposites from someone that's gone to now micromanaging where every morning they have to have a check-in with their boss and every afternoon they have to submit a timesheet of what they've done during the day. So extreme opposites. That and I think it is, yeah. <laughs> And of course, that just kills morale, it kills productivity, and it creates conflict within the individuals as well as the team, because resentment and all sorts of other things um, start cropping up. Um, and then on top of that, all the added stresses that we're experiencing in terms of, if you think about the average household in South Africa, a two to three bedroom apartment or townhouse, and you've got an average three, four people in one home, so two adults and two kids. Mm -hmm. And now everybody's trying to find their own space in terms of a working desk where they can work and connect from and kids are trying to homeschool and everybody's online. And of course, our networks and, you know, being able to connect and connectivity and reliable connectivity yeah. um, is also causing stress and issue, you know, frustration at home that is affecting home life and home relationships. And so this is where, you know, we've had to develop our own skills to either upskill, reskill, or redeploy ourselves because our job title might still be the same and our job function might still be the same, but the way that we're working has changed. And that's had to require us developing and learning new skills, simple things like learning how to use Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever other platform that you're using. And for some people, particularly generational the older generation that are not so tech savvy there's a real fear that's attached to that mm. um, 
and having to get used to or get to grips with learning new technology, as opposed to the younger generation that are more tech savvy. So that can also cause um, conflict and, and, and team dynamics and issues and stuff like that. And so it's really having to take a step back from a self point of view and go, how do I upskill, reskill, redeploy myself because my environment has changed and the way I do things has changed. And then from a leadership and a business point of view, how do I support my employees through the change? But at the same time, I have to re-engineer the business potentially because the business environment has changed. And in order to survive, we have to do things differently. It's either producing new products, new services, repackaging, re-engineering, reinventing stuff. Yeah, that is true. And we need to pivot. I 100% agree with what you're saying. So, Paula, maybe just to, to tell us, based on how lockdown has been for you and your experience, do you believe that it's important to keep work and personal life separate? And if so, how do you do this? So work-life balance is an absolute myth. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. I, I, like, I like to call it work-life integration because oh, that's what it is. Um, whether we like it or not, we take work to home and we take home to work. Mm. And there's no cut and dry that the minute I walk out the door, I forget about what's happening at home or I forget about what's happening at the workplace. It's impossible. We're human beings. And I think it's about finding a balance that works for you and your lifestyle and your family because yours is going to be different to mine. For sure. Yeah. So how do I find a balance that feels to me like I have control over my life and I'm not on this runaway steam train waiting to kick the wall? At 100 miles an hour because that's sometimes what it can feel like <laughs> yeah i like that <laughs> more so now you know a lot of people are complaining of and we spoke about it earlier about digital fatigue and mm-hmm. being connected and being online and this is where the responsibility from both sides from a personal point of view but from a business point of view as well is to put, a, put down boundaries to disconnect from platforms and devices People don't realize that by being online all day on Zoom and that, and then potentially on our phones and reading emails, and then at nighttime, I'm watching TV. We are connected all the time. Yeah, that is true. So, so it's about having some downtime, having some disconnect from, from because we're not wired. As human beings, we're not wired to be connected all the time. It actually is a lot harder, and it requires very different skill sets to be connected online as it is versus being face-to-face with someone. So if you had to give one example of how we could potentially disconnect at night when we're with our families to try and make sure that we don't increase our screen time, what would you suggest? Yeah, so I would say have a definite sort of cutoff time. So let's say six o'clock, for example, and, you know, sit down together as a family or do an activity together, whether it's just, you know, outside in the fresh air, going for a walk, riding bicycles in the garden or whatever it might be. But just really have some downtime away from devices and some connecting time together as human beings because we are social creatures by nature and we are wired for fiction. And when we're online, we miss those little nuances. For example, the energy, we can feel the vibe from other people when we are in close proximity to them. We can't feel it through screens. That definitely makes sense. And I think that's also where they were talking about the Zoom fatigue, where it's having to constantly try and read subliminal messages and pick up on nonverbal cues. But it's so hard because there's a screen. You're not actually in the same room. Correct, yeah. And little things that we may miss, like facial expressions. 
Mm. Depending on, of course, how many people you have on the call, but the more people you have on the call, the more distractions there are because you're now looking as the pictures jump and change on your screen as people, you know, when people start speaking, their little boxes are highlighted or depending on what, if it's on presenter mode or spotlight mode or whatever it is, you are constantly being sort of interrupted or interacting with all these moving parts on the screen, which <laughs> takes a lot of energy and concentration. It does. It definitely does. And I guess that's where technology does so well, right? They're trying to make sure that we are constantly engaged, constantly on, and that is how their engagement grows and how they grow, grow their brands. But we are in control and we have the ability to say no. We just actually have to make that choice, right? Absolutely. We always, always, always have a choice. For sure. And it, it's up to us to actually enforce that choice or to put down a boundary. And this is often where people struggle with being able to put boundaries down because we feel guilty. We feel obliged, we feel like we're letting people down, or we're a bad person, all these kind of things, um, as opposed to go, you know what, I'm important too, and my needs matter too. And if I want to be a better person and be able to do what is expected of me, either by myself or my boss or my business or whatever, my customers, I need to fill up my own cup first. Mm, that's good. That's good. I like that. Okay, so if you had to give one piece of advice to existing or aspiring entrepreneurs that would help them to make sure their business is successful or to help them to find their purpose or stay in tune with their purpose, what would you say? Sure. Um, there's so many elements. <laughs> I think in terms of starting off with finding your purpose is start with what you are passionate about or what you are interested in. And then narrow it down from there in terms of um, what skills do you have and how could you monetize those skills? How could you turn it into a product or a service offering that people are going to need that you could then turn it into a business and generate some kind of revenue from? And then in terms of how do you sustain it, most importantly is support structures. Um, if you don't have the right support structures in place, on those tough days when you have to drag yourself out of bed, that's when you can tap into those support structures. And that ranges from your partner who is and your family who's your biggest cheerleaders to having actual formal role models or mentors because they can add so much value to your life. Role models and mentors can hold up the mirror and show you your blind spots that you can't see. Yeah. And then also to... Um, be kind and gentle to yourself because at the end of the day, you're also human and you don't always know everything. You don't always have the right answers and it's okay to put your hand up and ask for help. Mm. People think by asking for help, it's a weakness. Um, I'm not able to cope. But in fact, it takes a very brave and courageous person to put their hand up and say, I need help. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think our society has decided that it's not okay to ask for help. But that really, especially if you are an entrepreneur, you can't do everything alone. Um, and that's absolutely when those support structures come into play, as you've mentioned. And life then also is, it's a lifelong journey of learning. Every day is an opportunity to learn something about self, about situations or about the other person or other people that comes across our path. And so to always have an open mind to learning and being willing to you know, ask questions and explore. Mm. What was the last why question that you asked? 
So funny enough, I'm going through a bit of a business revamp at the moment. So I have tapped into my support structures and awesome. my what I call my trusted circle where I know that they're going to give me honest feedback and yeah. that's what I'm wanting. I don't want them to sugarcoat. Absolutely. And so one of the things that um, I was working with with my business coach was, um, you know, is my offering still um, relevant uh, the way it is or do I need to repackage it and re-engineer it for lockdown and COVID time? And so we've been going through a whole, you know, the Simon Sinek, the golden circle about your why. So for every question, it's yes and why and why, you know, and you keep going until eventually you get to a point where you can't ask any more whys because you've got to the bottom of what it is, what's underlying that. That's awesome. And that process is so important to keep connecting with often, I think, because it makes sure that we are aligned with our true purpose. And I think also, you know, if you are really connected to yourself, because a lot of the times we, we're in our heads and we're not necessarily in sync with what's in our bodies or in our hearts. So yeah. from a mindset point of view, are you in a positive frame of mind or a negative frame of mind? From an emotional point of view, are you in a positive emotional state or a negative emotional state? And are you in sync or are you living in your head? Because we're very good at being busy, busy, busy and doing, but we're not very good at being. Mm. And when you feel you've hit that spot where head and heart is in sync and you feel excited or energized or upbeat, then you know you're on the right track. Absolutely. And that's the reason why we get up in the mornings, if we've connected in with our why. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, if you can maybe share any exciting events or offers that you have coming up with our listeners, that would be fantastic. Um, and also, where would they be able to find you? So in terms of events, we are, we've, in fact, this week, actually, um, we've just launched our last intake for the year. So we run a men's personal growth and development program and a women's personal growth and development program. Awesome. And so we, we run it from January to June and then from June to December. So July, end, of, end of June, beginning of July to December. So our last groups are about to kick off. For that, uh, we also have the online self-study program. So if people want to do the self-study version versus the group version, um, they can find the details on my website. They can also find a lot of free tools and resources that they can download on my website in terms of so relationship evaluation tool, how to use that tool to evaluate relationships in your life. Um, also work-life balance um, assessment in terms of where do you feel you're out of sync in your life and we look at the 12 core areas of your life so you can download that and use that to assess yourself and then we've got some free ebooks and some other free tools and templates on my website that you can download and use it um, in either your personal space or in your professional space. That's really awesome. I love it when people are willing to give some value and give back to their communities. So that's fantastic. We'll definitely be linking in those resources into our posts. Perfect. So maybe just to say where they can find you on social media or wherever. Yep. So I'm on all the social media platforms. You can find me. So please do link up with me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can just search for Paula Quincy or Paula Quincy Relationship Coach. And um, my name should pop up. Wonderful. Yeah, my website is paulaquincy.com. Right, you're a .comer, you're on Twitter, you're on YouTube. I'm very impressed with your social media presence. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Paula. It was wonderful having a chat to you. And I love that 
relationships form such an important part of our lives, even though we don't actually recognize it. So thank you so much for sharing some tips and your knowledge and your skills with us today. I'm, I believe our listeners will find it really useful. You're welcome. And thanks for having me as a guest. Awesome. We'll chat soon. Goodbye. Bye. That was Paula Quincy, a life coach and relationship coach. And her key takeaway for existing and aspiring entrepreneurs is firstly, find what you're passionate about and then match it with your skill and find a way to monetize it. And then when days get tough, because they do, connect in with your support structure, whether that's family, mentors or role models, it's okay to ask for help. So all the best with growing your business. So until our next interview with a fellow entrepreneur, where we understand how they have discovered their purpose, but more importantly, how they are living it out in the real world every day, this is Christine Tadope signing out. Bye.